and sparkle on the dew. I shiver with revelation that every thought I have is new. Welcome to Creatives. This is Ken Lennick. The mind is a wonderful thing. It tells us when something is safe. It tells us when something is not safe. And that's its job. It also makes interesting interactions. You know, I remember during the early 80s, I was a part of the human potential movement. And there was a lot of understanding about the way the brain stacks information. And it stacks information in relation to similar others. In other words, if I get on a bike when I'm a little kid and I really don't want to, I'm petrified to do that. My brain is telling me that's the worst idea in the world. And my dad insists on it and I get on it and I fall over and I cut myself so badly I had to go to the hospital and have stitches. And it was a terrible day. My brain will now put into place the warning about bicycles. Now that warning about bicycles happened when I was five. Then when I'm 12, I'm in the car. I get in a car crash and I bump my head. I'm back in the hospital again. Well, the car has wheels. And then a little later on, I'm on a motorcycle and I have a terrible crash and I break some bones. And I'm in the hospital again. And so my brain tells me anything with wheels is dangerous to me. And that goes into a whole series of right and wrong. You tell people about how wheels are dangerous. You may not even know where it came from, but you just may think anything with two wheels particularly is particularly dangerous. You might tolerate the idea of four-wheel car. I know a lot of people that won't be passengers. They'll drive. They won't be passengers because passengers is a dangerous place. If you're driving, you're in control. So you can take that as a metaphor for any other thing. This is how your brain works. Add that to the complexity of the fact that we have two brains, right and left. And both are different and different functions. So why am I mentioning the brain? Because right now in the world, the negative aspect of the brain has taken over. We have factions. People who believe a certain way and the other people who believe another way. It's interesting, most people believe that the event that happened that caused all this was horrible. And they all agreed on it. But it somehow morphed into something more. It morphed into something dangerous, something that happens throughout history. And it's just part of the human makeup. And that is to make another person, another group of people, vile, evil, and wrong. You can stand on one side or the other and say, no, those people are evil, vile, and wrong, not us. Now, the sadness of this is facts don't really matter. What really matters is that you figured it out, and you're right, and they're wrong. That has caused wars and difficulties throughout history. We look back 
at the wars in history, we realize that some of them don't make any sense to us in our modern day. Can't even figure out why. Why was the Battle of Hastings? Oh, there's lots of reasons. They don't seem very legitimate, other than perhaps green power and, I don't know, just being right. Science now has proven something about the heart. The heart has millions of neurons in it. The heart is a thinking machine, as well as a life-saving machine. And that's interesting because the very nature of it being a life-saving machine means it's a life-saving organ. The brain is a dual organ, and both sides often disagree with each other. So there's a sort of dichotomy, maybe. There's a sort of structural problem with the way the brain is made. Now, the brain is very, very powerful for storing knowledge, very powerful for making decisions that save your life. I don't think the brain is particularly intelligent about making decisions. I think decisions are often made badly. And they're made from a series of suppositions that come from those stacks that I was talking about early in this talk. It's not logical to not trust two-wheel vehicles. You can't change a person's mind that has that stack of information piled away in their memory. You can't argue that. How many other suppositions? How many other Opinions do we carry that are based upon inaccurate stacks? And so we do these things that we do. We burn down the house. We hate other people. We call them deplorable. We call other people idiots and monsters and, and just go off on each other. Now, I don't believe that the universe, God, intelligence, whatever, created us to hurt each other, to disagree with each other, to be divided. I don't think that's true. And I know why I think that's true, because now the science of the heart shows that the heart is the love machine. All through history, the heart has been called important in human beings. We call on the heart for love and passion and concern. Those are great qualities. And the heart seems to be always understood in that light. Now, intellectualism is a good thing, I guess, but it could also be a bad thing. We think it all comes down to argument and information that I've gathered that you haven't, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Then we get into this terrible situation that we're in now. We get to the point where we can't discern facts from our opinions. We can't determine stacks when we have messed up stacks in our brain, in our memory. We have stacks that are dishonest, that are not true. We just made a decision and called it fact. If we understood that the very nature of our memory is flawed, we would be a lot better off. The shamans, when asked, 
Where do you live? That's their heart. That's where we live. In our heart. Now, why has that got anything to do with being created? Well, I believe that God in the universe is a creation machine. It made us. So therefore, we've given the job to be creators ourselves. Now, what we create says something about us and our humanity. But it could also say something about the flawed nature of our brains. If we used our heart more often, we might have more truth. Because the heart can't lie. The heart is not divided in, in itself. The heart doesn't have a discussion with itself. The heart is a life-saving machine. So as a thinking machine, it is life-saving, life-embellishing, life-nurturing, life-creating machine. It doesn't know how to be duplicitous or hurtful or damaging. And as creative people, we need to use both those machines. We need to use our brain for the things that we've learned. We need to use our brains for discernment. And discernment is an interesting thing. Discernment is outside the system of the brain. Discernment is finding the truth in something. Even though it sounds logical, when you hear it, it may not be the truth. But discernment helps us to understand what is the truth. We don't just stop at a statement. We go find out. We research. We discover what we need to do. As a creative, you have to do that to gather your skills. You have to get the idea of what you want to make or do. And you have to have an understanding of it. That takes your brain. And it's pretty clear that the information from the universe comes into the brain. Now, we can argue about what side of the brain it comes into, the logical, stated side, or, or the more flamboyant other side. We know that the left brain's a little more stoic, and the right brain's kind of a free spirit. Well, I would suggest that the information from the universe comes in from the free spirit, comes in on that side of the brain. But the heart... The heart then translates that information and tells you what to do. Now, you know, as an artist, you write a book, and I do, so I understand this, that the characters tend to write themselves. The author doesn't really have to do too much except put a basic plot line down and let the characters go with it and fill in all the intellectual things, you know, all the, particularly like in mystery novels, you have to have a lot of thought in how things would happen or how certain characters will behave, what do they do. If you're a painter, start painting, you know. It evolves in its own way. And the end result is quite surprising. If you're a songwriter, same thing. If you're a poet, same thing. It comes out of the creative act. I would suppose, and I would even submit, that that comes from the heart. It's the heart that's directing you in your creative actions. The heart 
is a powerful, powerful organ. And in this world of division and hatred and discussions that make no sense to me and are often not sensible at all, we need more stuff from the I've even been criticized by my own family for suggesting that love, tolerance, and understanding will be the answer to the problems we're in right now. As if somehow that wasn't the time to say that. When is that never the time to say that? My heart says to say that. But there are people who tell me that I'm wrong for doing that. And to me, that just shows you what's going on in the world right now. If you think that love, understanding, concern, and respect somehow are not always appropriate, then there's something very wrong with your thinking. And there again is that dual brain convincing you that something isn't right when it is right. You can't even discern what's right. So back to the heart. The heart is that organ, that wonderful, powerful organ that helps us in our creative process. And I can tell you a very interesting secret about how to do that. Before you start doing anything creative, take a few deep breaths and touch your heart. Just touch your heart. And what happens is the body recognizes the touch, the heart recognizes the touch, and the heart gets turned on and gets activated. Make that discipline before you start anything, before you paint or write a song or write a, sit down to write a book or sit down to write poetry or do anything creative whatsoever. Take a quick breath and slow your thinking down and touch your heart. Then start. I think you'll find it very helpful, particularly in this time of stress, and we don't even know what's the truth anymore. It seems like we're being lied to on every level. And that's distressing to me, but that, again, you have to have discernment in those things and realize, well, how does that really affect my life, or how am I going to let that affect my life? If the data I'm getting is not good data, well, then you have to make, you have to just be discerning and determine what you'll accept and what you won't accept. But your heart will always be with you. Your heart will always protect you. Your heart will always love you. And as we've already discovered in other talks, the heart energy is eight feet away from you. That's how powerful it is. It creates a field, a ring around you, eight feet in, in distance. And that's only because that's all they've been able to test, is that distance. Who knows what effect the heart really has. So, until next time. Just to let you know, you can buy my books on Amazon Books, just type in Ken Lemick in the search box. And also, I have five albums on Spotify that you can do the same thing. You can go on there and type in Ken Lemick as an artist, and you'll go to my page on Spotify. There's five albums there you can listen and put your favorite songs on your playlist. That would be much appreciated. My music is available in most music outlets. See, I believe computers are still important. Not about everything. All right, till next time. <laughs>